And we're back. Alrighty, guys. It's been a while since I did the last episode, so firstly, I apologize about that. Um, today, we're back in the turbine room. Apologies if the audio is substandard. If that bothers your um, auditory sensibilities, I apologize. I got a lot of stuff to get into today, so I think we're going to cut it half and half between being real talk about stuff and life and things, and a lot of that nerd culture shit that you can find in a thousand other podcasts that I'm deeply honored you're here listening to. Uh, yeah, so, as I've been hinting and uh, keeping you guys in the loop of, I had, well, we had our son, our child... Our boy, as Kratos would yell, and God of War, God of Four. I'm gonna replay that game anyway. Uh, he's amazing. I love the, the kid very much. Um, it's astounding how suddenly they exist in your life, children, and uh, they're just so lovable. And like, even uh, yeah, I'll be real. I mean, I, I'm the kind of person who never really, like, thought babies were particularly cute, I'd never, I've always wanted a, a son or a daughter, like, I wanted a son and a daughter, I've always wanted kids, but, um, never was one of those, like, oh, babies, 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 um, but you have this thing enter your life, and there's just a biological component, because he's, like, made of your stuff, but there's also, like, a just very human kind of fondness you develop for them where you instantly feel like you have to protect them and love them and I don't know, I think it's great he was 7 pounds 8 ounces uh, the first two weeks is what we're at now have been pretty much a dream baby I mean he just sleeps a lot unfortunately he sleeps a lot during the day and then keeps my wife up at night I say keeps my wife up, we both get up but um as a biologist or general, maybe zookeeper can explain, only female animal mammals make the milk. So we're doing a breast situation, as we deem that breast for the child. <laughs> and uh, she's the only one capable of breasting. Breastfeeding, if, if you needed that clarification. We might be uh, expressing, as it were, some extra, and so I can start doing the bottle, but people kind of say that once you start them on a bottle, because it's easier to get milk out of it, they have a hard time going back to the breast. So yeah, that's the part of my podcast where we'll talk about breastfeeding for now. Um, the baby is just adorable. Um, you know, everyone calls them everything under the sun to do with Arthur and art and baby art and prints and all these things, and... I find that the Kratos, like, boy thing is pretty solid, but I gotta wait for him to be a bit older for that. He's way too adorable now. He's got, like, the chubbiest cheeks on Earth, like, these super squishy, round, poofy cheeks. And, like, you, you just, not only do you want to pinch them, like, you just, like, you can just, like, suck on them and kiss them, and he's just, he's, like, smiley. He opened his eyes, literally, in the, in the, uh, delivery room. Uh, my wife had a cesarean, and I was, like, standby on support, and Actually, let's side note. Guys, it's important to be there for your partner. And there's definitely a way that you can support them and go through these things without having to see 
everything, uh, sorry, anything that you're not comfortable with. And uh, I don't know if this has come up in the podcast before. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not thrilled about hospitals, needles, or surgery. So when all three in one was, was what I had to be down with, I did. You know, I'm going to say a rose for the occasion, but I've seen some things, man. Like, I looked inside my wife. <laughs> that sounds, it sounds dirty in, like, a sexual way. It's just dirty in, like, a human organs and the fragility of us as a species. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I got to see sort of the inside and then making the incision and I'm pretty sure some organs that I'm not clear on what they were. And then I cut the umbilical cord and, oh, yeah, it was big, big big day of firsts medically and such but the baby my baby they put on the tray and I'm looking at him and he's adorable they said chubby cheeks and honestly not even like screech crying like they always seem to like cried like for 10 seconds when they pulled him out and uh yeah we, we made eye contact we made him like, like solemn father vow not only did he not understand the context of it, but I am told he can't even actually fucking see out of his eyes for the first three weeks, so there goes, like, all that. But, no, they're adorable, they're sweet, they're fun. Babies, honestly, at this level, at this stage, just feel like having a, a kitten or a puppy. It's pretty much the same shit. Um, but it's a good time. Uh, he's very sweet. I'm looking forward to, you know, a life with him and, and getting to see him go through stuff and do stuff and, and you know I'm already planning like movies every week like growing up with a couple of my friends that was a routine that I loved I wish that uh, I'd been able to go with my like I would suggest every weekend to my parents and my brother like if they wanted to go nobody wanted to with my dad it was about money with my mom it was about fuck it I don't know but you know people always want better for the kids than they had so that's definitely the goal um yeah, so, exciting. The wife's on the mend, which is good. And uh, it's just been a bit of an adjustment. People, I think, overhype or have had terrible experiences on, on mass in terms of baby sleep because Arthur can go sometimes for three to four hours of just being asleep. Honestly, probably more, but you have to wake him up every four to feed. But there's been times where I don't doubt it could have been five or six hours of sleep. And he wakes up, and he, like, we feed him right away, and, like, he's fine. He's, but, like, some people are like, oh, every 20 minutes, every half an hour, I'm like, Jesus Christ, fucking sounds awful. Uh, lately, as I said, it's been worse for my wife. He's been choosing to get his, like, lengthy sleeps in during the day. And at a newborn, you're not supposed to, like, limit their sleep, like, keep them awake so that they, you know, sleep better at night. So they just gotta roll with it. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll be honest, dusty and hell in here. Dusty as hell in here. Just, it's dusty. One of those, like, Indiana Jones, um, Ark of the Covenant type warehouse areas and just, you know, boxes from the 70s covered in anyway. Uh, yeah, so I'll keep you guys up to date with that. I don't imagine there's a ton of crossover in terms of people that come here for any of that culture stuff versus people that want to hear about baby stuff but if, if you're in that middle circle of my Venn diagram of power to you and, and 
consider yourself a kindred spirit. Um, Game of Thrones. It's done. I know. Kind of letting that sink in for a minute. A great silence fell over the crowd. The problem with Game of Thrones, in my opinion, it, it ended terribly. You had eight years, give or take, of build-up for a fantasy show like nothing else. The entire world watching it, you had memes and music videos and celebrities and everything under the sun. I could not have been more pulling for it. <laughs> Fuck it up like that. I don't even understand. I can't understand it. The cast are out defending it as if it's the greatest thing that's ever happened, but you got to know in their hearts it's terrible. Okay, so I don't want to be too unfair with the review, because I liked Season 8. I was, I was talking to Jeff. I love Season 8. I thought that <clears throat> there were some very cool things that happened. Um, uh, I forget that the Siege of Winterfell's like actual episode name, if it's not that, but that was there, and that, you know, they can never take that away, it's like, even if you hate Attack of the Clones, you know, you're gonna say that shit on uh, Genosis is tight, there's always, you know, there can be a, a diamond in the mud, I'm thinking of the movie Blood Diamond, it's probably a sad place to draw, like, metaphors and stuff from, so never mind, the diamond in the rough, um, I just saw it on the weekend, so don't, don't, don't read into it. Um, yeah, so season eight just tailspins by the end of it. You have a cool start, you know, thrusting people into the action to make up for your absence of, of content for so long. And you just can't keep that up. There's just zero consistency. It, it winds up being a return to the sort of pacing of, of earlier seasons without any of the excitement. Specifically, the finale, um, I want to say it's episode six, I think, because we only got six, even though they're super long, but, you know, it's kind of a quality over quantity thing, it should be with TV, but anyway, um, the last episode just sucked, it felt like the complete opposite of the catharsis that they seemed to think it was going to be, like, I was uh, talking to a coworker this morning, and, and, you know, like, oh, you know, they did wrap up everything, I'm like, did they, though? You know, maybe not. Maybe, uh, maybe they didn't. If you were a fan, and I'm not, I'm not gonna front that I'm some, like, extremely well-read, uh, Thronesian expert. I have the box set, I've not dipped into it, I'm a big reader, but I'm, that's a commitment, and, uh, I haven't gotten around to it, but I'm an avid, sort of, fan of the, the world, and I've done a lot of, uh, you fall down the rabbit hole on YouTube with, like, I think it's Control-X-Delete or something. He does, like, extremely in-depth videos. And my wife has the World of Ice and Fire sort of, like, comprehensive, um, I guess it's an encyclopedia dictionary of, of thrones. Anyway, there were just major things that have been cultivated and brought up and, and, and stoked and introduced throughout the course of the show that just never get paid off, like, in any way, shape, or form. And that's ridiculous. You have... You know, for example, the one that I always go to is Azor Ahai, which is the the last hero, sort of the Lord of Light's champion that's supposed to be this... Um, I don't know, the, the savior in the end, the, the light in the dark. Flame and sword, probably on fire himself. Um, it's just a thing. It's a prophecy. It's been talked about at great length 
introduced, I think, by Melisandre, but definitely Beric Dondarrion and Thoros of Mirror characters that that support it and you know reintroduce it. And if you're aware of that kind of, I don't know, subplot thread that's happening, you've been hedging some bets, and you know it could be Arya, it could be Jon, it could be. Uh, Daenerys, I don't know, there's just, it was a thing that you wanted to see paid off, and they never fucking went anywhere with it, they just dropped it, who cares, speaking of who cares, Jon Snow, man, are you kidding, you, you, you fucking jizz in our face about how he's actually a Targaryen, and how that's gonna fucking change everything, even though, like, nobody talks about the ant banging, but not only does nobody actually give a shit, and nothing really happens, because... John is just so madly in love with this woman and chooses to just, like, forsake doing the right thing constantly. But in the end, they send him to the one place where you literally get your name expunged, even though there's no fucking need for that. Like, what, what are the Night's Watch doing? I get it. I saw the episode. I understand that, like, he walks off with the wildlings. And By the way, retroactively, huge spoiler. Spoiler alert, guys. I mean, I'm going to put that in the title in the description, but I'm just going to rail on the, like nook and crannies of the show, so let me know. Move on if you've if you've yet to see it. I really hope by now you have. There's a <laughs> really nice person in my office who is a fan but hadn't seen any of season eight, and by the time they missed like the first week's episode, like it was too much for them and then just were like, I'm gonna wait till it's done and watch it all now. So I'm like you, you and everyone else, get you can catch up now. Um why do they need the Night's Watch if, A, all the terrors beyond the wall are gone, the Night King and everything, for thousands of years, like that's been the evil, gone, and the human threat beyond the wall, the, the wildlings, are on your side and probably the only people actually manning the wall. So what the fuck are they sending him back there for? And if, like, that's all part of it, like, oh, we sent him there, like, why isn't Sansa and Arya, like, winking about it, and, like, you'll be fine, like, they're treating it like a fucking death sentence. And also, is he unhappy about it? Who can tell? He's just making the same grimace face. I think it's a little, I mean, unfairly ironic that he gets sent back there. His his happiest life, the, like, the brightest timeline, Jon Snow, would have been the one that just kind of chills there and uh, with Ygritte. Like, once they fuck in the cave, he's like, nope, this is what my life is, and just lives out his life as, like, a wildling with Ygritte. Um, somehow the Night King stuff gets resolved. They're fine. It just, I don't know, I feel a pain for him that he's, like, back there, but she's gone. But he's got ghosts, so that's nice. I guess they heard that the internet was pissed off at them, and so they were like, here's him petting his one-eared dog, please don't hate our show. But also, they couldn't fucking keep the cups out of their show for, like, two episodes in a row. It was like a water bottle by Sir Davos's foot or something. No, it's not him. It was, I think, some, the guy beside Edmure Tully. The water bottle beside his foot. Just look it up. It's like, I don't know, if it's, it's like it's a Where's Waldo type of search game they're playing, or they're just getting lazy, but it's weird. Just keep it together, guys. It's like one episode. Uh, you had, I don't know, I feel like all the Starks kind of got done dirty. I mean, like the brand becoming the king, which is funny, only my wife will be able to confirm this, but that was my long-term bet, my, my guess for the throne, which I stand by, was Bran, um, I would, I called him Bran the Raven, but, um, Bran the Broken just seems fucking rude and politically incorrect, and he, nobody's gonna stop that, 
because Tyrion was like, learn the broken, and like, he's like, okay, I'll do it, I'll be king. Like, he, that could have been the time to be like, call me Bran the anything else, but no, alas. Uh, I'm okay with it. I like him on the throne. I think it makes the most sense. That's why I was betting on him. Uh, Arya, though, he learns the new superpower of spin-offs. <laughs> um, yeah, becoming the, the Christopher Columbus of Westeros and just kicking it and, like, killing people across the New World sounds like a great show. Thanks, HBO. I guess I'll have to tune in and watch that once a week with some fervor for the next chunk of my life. Um, Jamie, biggest insult ever was how he was kind of knocked off. You had this really comprehensive and believable and, like, it was a redemption arc, but I really mean it was redeeming. Like, in the, in the audience's eye, in my eyes, I went from hating this character and literally being disgusted by, like, the, the incest aspect of it and just repulsive evil man to, like, actively rooting for him and wanting him to actually wind up on the throne. Because it's, it's going through all that. It's seeing all that. It doesn't matter what you were at one point. It's what you are now. And, and your trials and tribulations really give you perspective. That being said, that sentiment of um, your, your horrors give you, they make you who you are. Sansa's facing, like, some kind of weird, like, both the actress and the character is facing, like, this kind of hate wave because she justified the sort of atrocities that happened to her as helping her become the, I don't know, the person she is, not the little bird that the hound once knew. And that's, I don't know, I actually agree with that, I believe it, I think it's both the character and, and for the writers, I think that's a powerful thing to stand by, but I think a lot of people are like, oh, you're justified, like, no, you just, you know, you're, you're a product of your, your trials, and they harden you, they change you anyway, for better or for worse. Um, I kind of respected, but hated her last minute ducking out of <laughs> the kingdoms, because think of it this way, it's like the UN, and if you want a better example, it's like the League of Nations. It doesn't work unless everyone is fully committed to it. So, if you have the Seven Kingdoms, then she's like, well, but the North's gonna remain independent as it has before. Like, fucking there goes Dorne, because Dorne's just teetering on the edge, waiting to fucking leave. The Iron Islands, please. And also, Iron Islands, like, what is, what was the point of Yara? What was the point of that whole fucking character? that her biggest task she was given to accomplish was something off-screen, and she failed at it, and she winds up on the wrong side. Great, so the Iron Islands are, like, in her hands now? I, I don't... I don't know, man. Also, I don't think we even knew that guy from Dorne. <laughs> it's a little... It was, like... Everyone else, I'm fairly sure, we recognized. Um, <laughs> my wife and I recognized... I think it was, like, Black Jack Randall from Outlander is, is Tully. We're like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, he was in earlier seasons. <clears throat> um, the Dornishman that was just sort of a rando really just tells you a lot about <laughs> like how much thought went into the preparation of this episode. Um, I kind of like that council at the end. That was something in my top ten all-time throne scenes because, for me, different characters coming together like that's amazing. Um fucking Sam with his democracy and they're like oh, what kind of peasant shit is this <laughs> absolutely no interest in your fair system Samuel get that shit out of here 
but yeah, I thought it had so much potential. Also, what was that white horse that Arya was seeing in the... Somebody online posted, like, a crude sketch of the horse's face transforming into Cereo Pharrell, and I'm like, I accept that and only that is the reason why the horse is standing there. Um, yeah, not a great scene. Not a great season. And it, it's unfair just because it's, it's like the, the Marvel Cinematic Ramp, where, like, movies now that come out would have been, like, Oscar destroyers and then hailed and renowned for their time if they came out 10 or 15 years earlier, but because we're given higher and higher doses of Marvel-based adrenaline constantly, it's like, if it doesn't meet this crazy standard, it's a shit movie. Like, this had a lot of stuff to, to resolve, and it's, I mean, it, it did that to itself, and it's not a negative, but you certainly have to do justice to a show that you've been creating and, and enticing people on for that long. It, it was big shoes to fill, and I think they just fucking biffed it. They rushed it. They rushed the season. And I would have rather wait another six months or a year uh, to get something way better. Because we'll always have those questions. It's like, what's west of Westeros? There's an amazing video on what's west of Westeros. Not much. There's the, I think, the Shimmering Sea, they call it. There was a lady once, very similar to Arya, who, like, sailed across it. She was, I think, like a, she was bisexual, and she fell in love with a other dragon queen of the Targaryens, and some, some, she stole a box of egg stones, which turned out to be the eggs turned to stones that Daenerys gets in, from a cheesemonger or something. I don't know, check him out. He does this 100% more justice than I do. Control all X, control X, delete, I don't know. I will put a more reliable means of locating it in the description somewhere below. But, yeah, it's done. And that's really the worst part of it all, is that now all the questions and theories and everything will just remain unanswered, because you know it best. Uh, someone is going to definitely try to pitch that Aria Goes West uh, TV show, which I hope has the village people doing the intro. Go West! But, yeah, I think the the spinoff we're gonna get is like a prequel, right? It's like probably Robert's Rebellion. We're gonna get like handsome actors to take over from like characters that we love, like Ned Stark and Robert Baratheon, and both of whom are probably two of the best characters ever that the show had. So, more wine. Uh, Fortnite. Fortnite's been crazy fun. Um, they got rid of the Avengers mode, which uh, last I talked about I was pretty heavy into, and that persisted, but the major mode, the LTM that's been then since, is uh, John Wick. You have a squads, solo, and duos variant of a game mode. That's a... I guess you would call it still a, a free-for-all battle royale, but... There's a coin-collecting element, so... Now, killing an enemy gives you, uh, let's say, four coins, and I think killing the next person would give you eight, or something of that effect. So everyone's equipped with three lives, three respawns, and uh, the first person to, I think it's, depending on how many are on your team, it's 250, 300, 350 coins, wins. So 
it becomes, uh, you know, a great kind of shootout, fun aspect to it. But the best part is the top three players, top three bounties are visible everywhere on the map, on your mini-map and your compass, rather. So if you are the top dog, you always got to keep your eye out over your shoulder. And if you're looking to make some coin, you can see where to go to hunt the big guys. Uh, Tilted Towers, which Neo Tilted is its new name, after the um, time skip to the future and cyberpunk upgrade. Uh, Neo Tilted is the best place to go because not only is the city just the most fun for that kind of urban warfare flavor, but the hotel in John Wick, the Continental, is in uh, the city. And it's one of the most interesting things they've ever added to a Fortnite game is that when you're in the hotel... As in the movie, all business is prohibited, so you can't even equip a weapon, let alone, like, strike someone or shoot somebody. So you have a safe zone, which is... I I was telling my wife, because I was sitting in one of the hotel rooms, um, eating, like, a hamburger in real life, and she's like, this is... I've never... Aren't you worried? I'm like, for once, no. I can eat free. (laughs) Because normally I'm, like, squatting in a bush, or I built myself, like, a bunch of fucking steel walls and some decoy rooms, and, like... No, this is just there's a time expiration for the round and then you're like excommunicado brackets you lose um BC and you John but yeah it's a lot of fun it's uh, got a cool tight quarters combat element to it where you can shoot from the balconies inside and from the balconies to other balconies same with the roof and the entrance but you can't fire from the building outwards so there's often you know groups of I've seen like it was like I counted at least like 19, 20 people swarming around like the staircases inside the floors, all scrambling to stay away from like open windows, the staircases. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It reintroduced the John Wick outfit to the store. Um, I think the Reaper, like the one you got early on at level 100, is a little different because his face is a little goofier. But I don't know if they just re like rendered that one and updated it so he looks more like John Wick or it's separate and there's literally John Wick now but the Reaper's always been like everyone knows that it's based on him they were clear about that but you can get the like disheveled John Wick which is honestly it's that's the most accurate one I was watching John Wick 2 with my wife on the weekend and um, he's just constantly getting the shit beat out of him and I love it it makes him more realistic but John Wick or as an alternate title, Keanu Reeves is really tired and injured for an hour and 45 minutes is a really good watch. <laughs> uh, I was playing a lot of Fortnite on the weekend because I'm sometimes Arthur just like sleeps on my chest and I'm just kind of just playing with him there and shaking my knees so he gets like them chill baby vibrations. But I've been thinking about Fortnite movie. I'm going to be honest, I'm not the only one thinking about it. It's definitely coming in the next, like, two years. The only way it's coming in more years than that is if it's one of those really late marketing catch-ups, like with the Simpsons movie or, like, the Angry Birds movie, where it's, like, way past when it's relevant. But, yeah, it's coming soon. And not that I am any kind of director, writer, producer. Well, a little bit of a writer, but not like of of any kind of fame or acclaim but I've been thinking as being a cinephile at the very least of what would be the best movie that we're gonna get if we're getting a Fortnite movie and it goes a little something like this 
No, it'd be great if I'd prepared a song. Uh, I think it's going to be a series of like very short, sort of love, death, and robot style, like very short uh, scenes, all taking place on the same day on the same island within the same tournament, basically. So it's going to be Edgar Wright. And I think uh, I was rewatching Baby Driver, and obviously the, I'm a huge fan of the Cornetto trilogy. This is a man who gets action comedy. Not like slapstick, silly action comedy, but just genuine, sort of gritty, short, quick action, and kind of short, quick comedy. So, you're going to have, and I'm going to be honest with my Chinese pandering, I'm going to be very direct with my Chinese pandering, China's like cut in on this one early on, because I'm going to have this take place in China, not necessarily like explicitly somewhere Chinese, but it's going to take place in a world where the Chinese government is sanctioning a tournament just because, I don't know, maybe it's like independent billionaires are teaming up to do it, I don't know, just China's willing to do it, and you pay to enter, and the prize is like, I don't know, $100 billion or something, it's crazy, like, everyone wants it, and the 100 best uh, people, assassins, whatever it is, are coming to town to fight it, you get that sort of smoke and aces flair of, of different killers, different fighters coming in and, and showing their skills and costumes. Costumes will obviously be uh, the skins from Fortnite or, or as close approximates and variations and modernizations as possible. But the game would really not be hard to adapt. Um, you know, scene one, you, you sort of very Predators-esque. You have a character uh dreaming or thinking about something that's like maybe related to the tournament or related to the bay of a cargo plane and then wakes up in a crazy aggressive freefall out of a plane maybe they were asleep maybe it was just a moment they were taking we don't you know it's not predators but they're falling coming down and then they pull their chute maybe you know it's it's a glider it's the fortnite glider one of the recognizable ones we're going to see in the distance, obviously, some Easter egg crazy ones. Maybe something like a dragon who roars past him. Like the Chinese dragon one. And, you know, lands on a building and just... There's no easy way down, so he takes out, like, a hammer and smashes... Like a sledgehammer, smashes his way through the roof, and there's, like, a chest. He kicks open, and he's, like, looking through the stuff finds this rare item and as soon as he's like about to equip it somebody shoots him in the back of the head and like takes it and just like it but in a funny way and like the, the Edgar Wright would be able to you know and this person drinks the blue Kool-Aid this person was after we're gonna have some inter-spliced explanations about the blue juice that seems to give people shields but it's gonna cut to another one where it's like a team of, of four people that have already landed and they're talking about how they're gonna utilize these these cars that they found and uh, you know just a couple minutes of it'll be some big names some people that are good with that sort of realistic almost like I don't know just very dialogue heavy I don't want to say like mumblecore style but I want it to be like a very tight very natural conversation of how they're going to handle this then they go out and they kick ass in their car and then like uh, it gets 
just absolutely destroyed by a rocket halfway, you know, they've maybe a couple of them die. We're going to come back to them, though, because we see from the very sort of far other side of the island on a mountain it's where the rockets are coming from. There's another group of three people. You know, one of them's, like, mourning a friend that had died, and, like, one of them's just kind of breakdancing because they got to put that Fortnite emotes there. And the other one's just, I don't know, sitting by the campfire and, like, firing rockets, like, just with no care into the crowd. And You're just going to get some good stuff there. I think uh, by the end of it, because we can have a lot of... The point of why I wanted short vignettes, we're talking maybe there's 15, maybe less, but it's because there's so many great interplay, fast combat experiences in Fortnite that are unlike anything else. Just these very, like, you know, you might go six games without having one, but then you have one, and let's say it's you're in the lake, and you're just one-on-one -on -one with somebody, a mano a mano, and you're just going at it, like, building and shooting, and you fought it out for minutes before one of you kills the other, and you're just like, damn, that was a good experience. Something like that, where it's just a very, you know, savage kind of fight. But at the same time, sometimes they're hilarious. Sometimes you've launched someone off a mountain with a explosive or a shock grenade or something, but they've glided back, and then you stuck them with a grenade, and then they jumped into your teammate, you know what I mean, like, just, there's always silly shit, there's always tower building with spikes out of them, and there's always disco bombs, there's gonna be the comedy there, so I just think that you fuse the two of those, give us little blips of, of quick, fast-paced action and comedy, and at the end of the day, maybe the real villain is, uh, this was the game type that has zombies, and then you gotta get a lot of them together to, uh, to fight some specialized zombies, because they've got, like, that Left 4 Dead style of class zombies, and some are ranged, and, you know, add that horror element, maybe the time it all ends and the sun's cleared out, you got a winner, and, but yeah, I think that it's there, all the clay's sitting there spinning. Not of my idea, fuck, I don't think that highly of myself, but I think that, you know, Fortnite as a, as an intellectual property is at this time especially super ripe and I gotta be honest the, the my only thing that I want to really happen if I had a say in the Fortnite movie is my after credit scene <laughs> or mid credit I don't really care but 1000% there's gonna be like as credits start to roll they start you know we, we, we're opening slowly to someone talking we can't really hear because we're in the hallway and the camera's sort of panning in the bedroom door and they're just like well you know I don't you know, it's just stupid man. I don't know like, we get closer, and you can see just two guys, one, you know, clean cut, and one with, like, a bunch of beard and hair, and one's, like, you just, you gotta just be a little better at the game, you know, you just have to try harder, I think you can do it, I mean, you're, you know, I play with people of all ages, and then we, we see for the front, it's, like, Thor and, like, his fattest bachelorist, like, the dude, Lebowskiest outfit, teaching Captain America, like, who's in, they're both in their street clothes and shit, how to play Fortnite, and he got Korg on the recliner, and he'll, you know, come and equip with something, and like, yeah, it's not the hard, man, like, you know, and then Meek will be somewhere, but you'll just have this one minute, you know, 45 second Thor and the, the dudes teaching Cap how to play Fortnite, and it'll be great, because it'll either be a scene from the movie we just watched, or it'll be a scene 
something to do with previous times that they've played it, but just a fun connectivity. I love that that was a part of it. Anyway, guys, that's probably going to be it for today. I want to thank you for being patient, uh, for the lack of content, and for coming back and listening at all. Uh, I'm trying to step it up, maybe have a little bit more of a, an active presence in, in, you know, various forums and trying to put myself out there a little bit more, but it's always about, you know, the content, so let me know what you guys want to hear more of, what you like, don't like, and feel free to, like, reach out on Twitter and stuff. Thanks for listening, and I'll see y'all later.